Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Today, Pastor CJ starts a new series called, What Do You See? with a message about vision. Vision gives unity, purpose, and meaning for your existence. A vision will have its ups and downs, but if we stay true to it, nothing can stop the work or the vision of the Lord. Are you ready to follow God's vision for your life? We hope you enjoy this message. I really want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for all you that participated in 2018 that made it such a success. Without you, we could have done these things. I, I, can, I can name out people. I can say one right after another. But, man, all what you have guys done, uh, many hands make light work. And I really, really sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, say thank you. And I look forward to what God is going to do in 2019. And over these next few weeks, I want you to hear me, over these next few weeks, we will be laying out a map or a plan of where we're going. Today, I'm going to talk to you about an introduction of what's happening, what a vision looks like, and how this vision is going to come together. You're going to start seeing it come together. How many know that people will follow or people will get on board if they know what they're doing? How many know that people don't like surprises? I don't know about you, but I'm one of those guys that don't like to be blindsided sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, know what I'm talking about, right? You kind of want to know what you're doing. You don't want to know the fear of the unknown. You want to kind of know. And so we're going to start laying some things out over these next few weeks. We're going to lay out a plan. And how many know you got to plan your work and then work your plan? you got to have a plan to work. If you don't have a plan, how can you work your plan? And so we're going to work a plan, and we're going to show you what's going on. So over these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about vision and direction of the church and where we're going to go. Amen? Everybody ready for a ride? Are you ready to go? Free ride. You don't even know that neither. Amen. All right. Let's get into the Word. Take out your sermon notes. Let's get into it. Let's go. i uh, got some things I want to share with you today. Why vision? Vision gives you a course of direction and a plan of action. How many know that that's true? Vision gives you a course of direction and a plan of action. Uh, how many know that a lot of times people are discouraged, depressed, maybe uh, uh, lonely, empty inside because they don't have a course or plan of direction or, um, or vision in their life? Without a vision or without direction or plan in their life, they're like a dog chasing their tail. But when you know that you have direction or a plan in your life, it gives you purpose, it gives you meaning in your life. I always call it the three E's. When you have a plan or a vision or direction in your life, it's called the three E's. Number one, it gives you energy. When you know where you are going, it gives you energy. And when number two, the second E, it gives you enthusiasm. It gives you enthusiasm, but man, I'm excited to where I'm going. Why enthusiasm? How many of you, husband and wife, you get in the car and you say, let's go eat. And you look at each other in the car and you say, well, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? And you're back and forth, and you start fighting back and forth till eventually you never leave the parking lot. You just stay right there, and you go back in the house, and you cook a can of soup. Amen? But when you have a vision, it gives you energy, and the car itself will start driving that way. Since you don't know what you do, I'll drive. But it gives you energy. So it gives you energy, enthusiasm, and then the, second, the third thing is efficiency. It, it runs smoothly. Everything will run together. When you have a vision, 
energy, enthusiasm, and efficiency. It'll start running smooth in your life because I know that I am on this track. I'm on this plan for my life. I have these goals in my life, Jessica, and therefore it gives me energy, enthusiasm, and efficiency. It makes the crooked way straight, and it makes it easy in my life. So I want to encourage you. Let me ask you, do you have a plan? Do you have a vision for your life? Every year, my wife and I, we sit down, and if you go to our house, you can see it. We break out our vision in a four steps. We break it out. First of all, what are our goals for our personal lives? For me and, and Cheryl, for my personal life, what is our goals? What is her goals? What are my goals? What are my dreams? What are my vision? What do I want to see happen to me personally? Not being selfish, but how many of you know we got to maintain and take care of ourselves? And one of the things that I'm, man, I'm not trying to be spiritual or super spiritualized things, but I want to spend more time reading. I love to read. And so my goal is to read. When I was gone over New Year's, I read two books. I'm so excited about the books I read. I, I love to read. And so I want to read more books. I want to spend more time with people. I want to get this, and this is one of my goals. I want to spend more time with people individually. What I Since I've been here over this last year, I've been in group people with all the time. I've been in meetings and so on. But my goal is to redirect my goal, my vision, is to be with people individually deposit things into their life. It's not what I want to get from you. It's what I want to put into you. And so I want to, that's one of my goals. So the, that's the first step. The second step, what is our goals for me and Cheryl? So these are our goals for Cheryl and I. We want to travel. We want to do some things. I got all these invitations to travel and speak at all different places, but I don't want to do that. I want to rest and take care of Cheryl and I. How many of you know we're supposed to take care of our temple, right? And then the third thing is for our kids. How can we help our kids? That's the third step of our goal or our vision. How can we help our kids? And then the fourth step of that is how can we be good grandparents? How can we interject our, ourselves into our grandparents? How can we help our grandparents grow, our grandkids grow? How can we help them become all that they're supposed to be? So we have these goals, these four objectives, and that we write out. But it gives us a track to run on, and it gives us a purpose or a meaning. Without a vision or a plan for your own individual life, you're going to be like that dog chasing your tail. Whether you have your business, whether you're a businessman, whether you're uh, your own uh, your own uh, energy or whatever you do in life, your own personal life, Andy, you have to have a plan. So listen, a vision gives you a target to shoot towards and helps you measure goals and keeps things on track. So what do goals do? It helps you measure how are you succeeding in your goals? How are you obtaining them? You see, one goal leads to another goal. It's like a frog on a lily pad, jumping from one lily pad to another lily pad to another lily pad to finally get across the, the other side of the river. That's what goals do. They help you measure where you're at, and you, each goal that you succeed in, it gives you energy to go forward into the next goal. And so you have to have these goals, and it gives you energy. It gives you excitement. It keeps you, keeps you on track, but it gives you something to shoot for. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, I love Proverbs. How many of you know that Proverbs is, a, is an incredible book? Sometimes Proverbs can, can make you say me oh my oh or ouch and all that kind of stuff because Proverbs have so many truths in it. How many know what I'm talking about? Proverbs is written by the wisest man on the planet, and every verse, it seems like it's speaking to me. 
How many know what I'm talking about, right? You know, they say read a Proverbs a day. Sometimes you want to close the book when it reads that Proverbs. Like, no, don't, I don't want to see it because it talks to you. And here is Solomon writing this verse, and he recognized and realized the importance of this. He said, where there is no revelation, or in the King James says vision, where there is no revelation or vision or purpose or meaning of existence, that's what happened. The people cast off restraint. In other words, what happens, they start going wayward. They try to find whatever feels good. So they don't have a plan. They go by feelings and emotion. So it feels good here. And it may feel good for that season, for that moment, for that second. But that moment and that season that you're in, it can get you in trouble. It may not be the right purpose or the right place where you're supposed to be. So then you get out of that one, then you head into another one. And then you get into this trap and you mess up and you say, where is going on in my life? Why do I always seem to have these booby traps in my life? Why do I always seem to be in this trap? Why do I always seem to be ensnared? It's because we're trying to find what feels good and acceptable for our lives. But what we need to do is we need to map out our lives. Where are we going? What are we doing? What is my purpose? What is my existence for life? What does God want me to do? What is what's supposed to happen in my personal life? Without a vision or revelation, people cast restraint. They get lost. But blessed is the one who heads or heeds wisdom or wise instructions, right? Wisdom. Wisdom leads to what? Fine rubies. If you lack wisdom, let them ask God who gives graciously without finding what? Fault. So what does wisdom do? It leads you down the path of righteousness for his namesake. Some of you say, well, pastor, I don't have wisdom. I don't have understanding. That's why God said ask. Ask God to put together the plan. After all, doesn't God say he knows the plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope for the future? Jeremiah 29, 11. Doesn't he not say that he ordains the steps of the righteous man and woman? In other words, he ordains, he directs your step, but you got to get your orders from headquarters, and the way you get your orders from headquarters is seeking his face and not just his hand. So many times we seek his hand instead of his face, and his face gives instructions, his hands gives blessings. I don't know about you, but when we see instructions, it leads to blessings. So I want to seek your face, God. I'm going to seek you, Father, not just your hand when I'm in time of need, but I'm going to seek your face because in your face there's wisdom, there's guidance, there's direction for my life, but your hand brings alongside the blessings as I seek your face. Understand what I'm saying? So he says, listen, i got to get into that, and you got to find that. He says, bless those who heed his wisdom. Listen, vision gives unity. Vision gives unity. What does unity mean? Unity means that you and I tie, that we tie, that we join together as one accord. I was sharing a story in the first service. I kid you not, true story. When I was growing up, the big thing to do in Lake Michigan when I was growing up by the lake there was smelt fishing. Haven't you been smelt fishing before? Any been smelt fishing, right? You take this long pole and you're on this pier. You take this two by fours and you have to, we, we would do a two and a half because then it would get too too weak, the, the weight of the net. But we take these uh, this long pole, these two and a half, uh, two by fours, and stick them out there. They were like 16, 18 feet long. And we put a pulley at the end of it. And at the end of it, you tie a rope and th- by the pulley. And you have this net. Well, my first time of fishing, no kidding, true story. Christina, I promise you, Ben, true story. Uh, we went out fishing, and I thought I was bad to the bone. My friends, Johnny Cantelli, Blaze, and all the stuff, we thought we were fishers of men. So we go out smelting, and we're smelting, and everybody was coming by, and they were laughing at us. And I'm like, what the stink? 
man, I'm going to give you the right hand of fellowship. You want hospital or sudden death, right? And, and they're laughing. And the reason why they're laughing was this. My net really was only like a three-by-three three net. I'm not kidding. I'd drop that bad boy in the water, and I'd pull it up. And the big thing is to do when you get fish on, I don't know why they say yell out tuna. Tuna! I don't know. That's not tuna. It's smelt, but that's a big thing. And they were laughing, and it not kid, I kid you not. Becky, every time they'd come by and we pull up our net, people would just come by cracking up. And I'm like, what the scoop? Why are you laughing at me? But then I started walking down the pier. And, Greg, I measured my net compared to their net. My net was a three-by-three. Three. Their net was 12 by 12. Guess who was catching more fish? Right? So what happens is when the church comes together in unity, our net becomes bigger and then we're able to bring in the sheep or bring in the fish or bring in the harvest because we're all in unity. And unity means that you and I tie. And a net is only as good as where it's broken. If there's a hole in the net, what's going to escape from the net? The fish. It always seems to find that hole. So God says, listen, vision brings unity of the church, marching together, holding hands in hands, side to side, that when you come together, there's no limits to what you can do. How many of you have ever played the game Red Rover, Red Rover, let Randy come over? Never played that game before? What's the object of the game? The object of the game is me and Randy. Randy from wilderness, right? He's out of the wilderness, but he lives in the wilderness. Amen. But you hold hands. And Randy, man, if you ever get his hand, I'm, I'm picking him out because don't let him squeeze your hand because he can kill you. But if you, the object is, is to hold on as tight as you can, right? Right? And what you do is you say, Red Rover, Red Rover. Right? Let... Who? Kevin, come over. Now, I pick out Kevin because Kevin, he's a strong guy. Believe me, you, he, 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 he can play first base, and he can tackle those guys if they want to get on the base, right? But, Kevin, our object is to keep you from breaking the chain. And if he breaks the chain, he takes one of us, or we get to keep him if he doesn't. And that's what unity does. It's Red Rover, Red Rover, let the world come over. And the world, man, cannot break through a church that's walking together in unity. Why do you think we're doing this 21-day reading devotion together? And if you don't have the book, look on online. Isn't that great online? I was at my cabin the other day, and I pulled it up online, and I read it. Man, I was just so blessed to see your comments on there. See, we had 100 and some people looking at it and getting it on there and doing their devotions. That's cool. But that's what it does. It helps, get what, measure uh, for, for purpose and unity and purpose. That's what vision does gives you a purpose why do you think people are depressed and discouraged think about this you read this in psychiatrists and when I took my counseling classes at North Central when I took my counseling class at North Central and I got a minor in counseling but when I took my classes there do you know one of the biggest reasons why people get depressed and discouraged it's not because they lost of a loved one it's not because, man, maybe a divorce or broken this thing or that. But you know what? why people get depressed and discouraged? The number one reason, look it up yourself. The number one reason is because they lost their purpose. They lose their purpose in life. And so when they lose their purpose in life, what happens? They start going wayward. And what unity or vision does, it gives you a meaning or a purpose for life. But not only that, but it also what? It, what? it shows us what our existence is. Do you ever wonder 
I hear people today, I hear especially in mothers, and I, and I hate to even say this, but none of you ladies are like that, so thank God, right? But I hear this in ladies all the time. All I'm good for is getting the kids off of school, cleaning the house, and cooking. I hear that over and over again all the time. And not only do I hear that all the time, I hear that from men, that I'm just a paycheck. I get up early in the morning just a paycheck to put food on the table, and I'm not respected and honored. And I hear that over and over again. And you know what happens? It dwindles or it whittles at their really their full existence or their being of who they are. You were created for more than that. But what happens a lot of times is that people lose their way. And when they lose their way, they lose their direction or their purpose or their existence. And Solomon said, you got to have a vision, otherwise the people will go without restraint. The vision is an internal picture that is waiting to be painted outward so others can see and follow. It's inside. It's inside. Inside of you. What do you see? You see, a lot of times we are so prone to see what we see outwardly. But a vision is born inside. It starts with a thought. A thought grows into a seed. A seed grows into a tree. A tree produces the fruit. The fruit is, becomes evident of what you start walking out in your life. What do you see? Jeremiah, uh, one, uh, uh, Jeremiah 111. He said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, not this Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah, of all things, he said, I see an alm tree. Why an alm tree? Because it was branches of fruit that God was bringing to the kingdom. And what happened, what he see, God said, you see correctly. And because he saw correctly the internal things that God put in his heart, guess what happened? He prospered. He was blessed. And God walked with him all the days of his life. I'm here to tell you today, what is your passion? What is your dream? Cream always rises to the top. What is God saying to you? Don't avoid the voice that's inside of you telling you to go this way or that way. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. God said, I'll open the doors that no one can shut. I'll shut the doors that no one can open. And God may be speaking to you, but you're ignoring the voice. You're ignoring the direction. You're ignoring the call. Why? Because it causes sacrifice. It takes energy. It takes commitment to follow out the steps that God has for your life. Somebody say amen. You see, listen, in Amos chapter 3, and this is me, Amos chapter 3 says this, and go ahead. It says this, he says, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing, does nothing without revealing his plan. In other words, his plan, his purpose, his vision, his steps, his, his ways, you know, to his servants, the prophets. Who are considered the prophets or the servants? It's the pastor, it's the leaders, it's those that are out front. And sometimes being a pastor, you get the first bullets, you know, you get shot. How many of you got kids? I mean, we all got kids, right? I had three of them. My, my oldest one was a strong-willed kid. But you know what? Our purpose as parents is to direct your kids until they're at least 18, and then you can say goodbye, good rhythms, Right? But you have a purpose, and that's to train them and instruct them in the things of the Lord. You have a purpose. You have a vision. As a pastor, God gives the pastor a vision. He puts it in the pastor. 
My daughter and my daughter-in-law just recently had little ones. Obviously, you can tell. Just as I'm getting ready to spit up, and he spit up on me in the wrong places, looking for love in all the wrong places. He spit up on me, right? Thank God it dries. Amen. And, uh, but my daughter and my daughter-in-law just had their little ones. My son, my grandson, my granddaughter. But I, I'll never forget my daughter and my daughter-in-law, Kristen, giving birth to the little one. Nine months of being pregnant. Man, watching the kicks, man, seeing my daughters going like this, her clothes going like that. And man, feeling the ow and the, and the waking up at night and all the growing pains of giving birth. But you know what? That's kind of what it is like for a pastor. That many times I would always pray, Bob, I promise you, you know how Jesus prayed, let this cup fast, pass for me, God. Let it not be my will, but your will be done. And many times, Lisa, I would say, God, why do you put this on me? Why? Because God says you're the leader. And Dodge says either you lead, follow, or get out of the way. And I have to make a choice to lead. But in leading, anytime you lead your kids, anytime you lead an organization, anytime you lead people, there's always going to be opinions. Get people in a room. Have eight people in a room. Eight people will have eight different opinions. But in a vision, you have to follow it out. And in a vision and following out, you sometimes get shot. You sometimes get ridiculed. How many parents can say your, your four-year-old tells you to jump and you say how high only to get them to stop crying? Right? But a vision, God gives the vision for the pastor, and here's why he gives the vision. A vision is given to the pastor or leader to help the others to know Christ. That's the first and foremost part of a vision, so that others will know Christ. Paul says, I want to know you, Christ, and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. Philippians chapter 3, verses 10, 11, and 12. I want to get to know you, God, and the power of your resurrection and the fellowshipping of your death. So that's the first role of a pastor. And then the second role is to help you follow Christ. In other words, to help you stay on track to follow the Lord. Why do we have some of the things that we do? We have, you know, 50 and older club. We, we're going to do the, about the Holy Spirit, and I pray you get involved in that because it's going to be a great teaching. What is the means of the Holy Spirit? How does it help you in your life? What does it do? How does it help you and guide you and direct you? It's going to talk about all those things. But to help you follow the Lord. How many of you know it's not easy following the Lord sometimes? You know what? When we accepted Jesus, don't you wish that things would have been so great? Man, that every care in the world would have been taken care of. We wish that would happen. But you know what? The problems and struggles that you go through in life, they're always going to exist. But here's the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. The unbeliever doesn't have one to help him when he goes through it. But the believer has one that sticks closer to us than a brother when we're going through it. And that's Jesus. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, and he'll always pull you through it. He'll never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And then he says he'll provide a way of escape when you do. That's the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. The unbeliever has somebody not going with him. But the believer says, I have someone sticking with me. And if God is for you, who can be against me? Amen? That's the difference, that he's with us. You see, so the pastor is to help you follow Christ and to lead others to Christ. So our role is this, to help you know Christ, to follow Christ, and then to do our part 
To not sit on our blessed assurance, Jesus is all mine. How many remember that old hymn, blessed assurance, Jesus is all mine, nobody else is. How many remember Amy Grant? You're just a fat little baby. Remember that what that's referring to is just exploding with the things of God and not doing anything with it. That's what that song is all about. So he's saying, listen, when you are following Jesus, then you have to lead others to Jesus. Because doesn't it say in 1 John 2, 6, that he who claims and lives in him must walk as Jesus did? You have to follow. And so listen, we as a church must always walk in these three areas to know him, more to follow in obedience and to build this church. And I'm going to close after this one. Matthew 16, verse 18, to build this church. Who is this church? It's you and I. Go ahead, Jeremiah. Will you? It's you and I. That way it give me a sign to close. Amen. Man, time got away. You know, I've only been preaching for 20 minutes. Check that out. Think I'm long-winded today. I'm going to put this one on the Internet. People think something happened to Pastor CJ. But look at what, what Jesus is saying to Peter. I, I love this. Who's the church? It's you and I. That you and I are the church. Do you know what it says in Daniel? That those that win souls, those that win souls, will shine like the stars forevermore. That winning souls. And winning souls means adding to the church. And if you've ever seen the book of Acts, I love the book of Acts. The book of Acts, I pray that we will have an Acts experience here at Adventure Church. But in the book of Acts, they were adding to the church 5,000, 7,000 people daily. Can you imagine that? Daily. They were adding because they were doing the work of the Lord. They were putting action with their faith. You see, listen. He said, and I tell you that you are Peter. Wherever it's got a name there, if you look in my Bible where it says Peter, and I will tell you, you are CJ. I always want to remind myself of my role, my role, my role as a Christian, as a believer, as a pastor, I want to remind myself of that. And on this rock, which is the rock of Jesus Christ, the solid rock I stand, all the ground is sinking stand, right? He said, I will build my church. You know, so God doesn't want us to stop and be complacent when it's us and no more. He doesn't want us to stop there and, man, say, well, we've grown enough. You know, we've got, we're full here, we're full there, the children are full, this is that, and the other thing. You know, if we ever lose that passion for ever touching souls, we're missing the mark. And then if we lose that passion, guess what we become like? We become like the Dead Sea. And you know what the Dead Sea is known for? That it has no outlets or it has no inlets into it. And that's why it's dead. It becomes stagnant, stale, and stinky. And we as a church, if we ever lose our passion, ever lose our passion for building his church, for touching souls, guess what? What happens with you, now this is you, you will become grumpy, you will become sad, mad, upset. Why? Because we're not doing the purpose what God's called us to do. But when we do the purpose, new blood brings excitement. It was so exciting today. Uh, in the first service, we had some new people over here to my right, and I met them before service started. And guess where they came from? Right here in the big town metropolis of Siren. God is adding to his church from Siren. 806 people. Hey! Now there's 804 more people. Anybody here from Siren? Right here? All right, we got six more. Now we got, hey, 
798 people to go after. Amen? But building his church, and the building his church, a vision requires everyone getting involved, doing their part for the kingdom. Everyone getting involved. Did you ever realize why God told Noah when he said, build the ark? Check this out. He said, Ben, build the ark. So Noah was obedient and built the ark. But you ever notice why God said, bring them in two by two? Think about this. You know why I said, bring them in two by two? Because Jamie, God didn't want them to come alone. He didn't want them to come alone. He wanted you to bring someone. Bring someone in. Bring a fish in. I always say, you bring the fish, we'll fillet them. Hallelujah. We'll have a fish fry here at Adventure Church. Won't that be something in the newspaper? Amen. I'll go look for Becky at that time. Becky, write this. Amen. Instead of all the other stuff, right? But listen, a vision is a driving force that keeps you moving until it's completed and fulfilled. I'm going to close there because we all got time. It's already gone past. But I want to encourage you, over these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about vision, where we're going. How can you get involved? What can you be a part of? And this Wednesday, we have child care, so come and be a part. It's going to be fun. We have child care. Youth are going on. Every area of the church is going to be full, and we want to encourage you to be a part. Amen? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. To learn more about us or see all our upcoming events, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram by using at Adventure Church Siren or check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.